This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Going down to see the alpacas always makes me smile. Sometimes they surprise me, and sometimes there are things of concern that have to be checked out. I've mentioned before about alpacas limping or not coming down to their food in the usual way or the usual order. Today, I had to tip out so much water from the feeding troughs. It was a wet wet night. It's remained mild up to now, and although damp and wearing their Welsh grey colouring, the alpacas seem to be fine and in good spirits, which is nice. I've always been a fan of half-hour holidays, and I try to take advantage of any sunny spells that appear. They seem to be a good time to be able to get on with mucking out and emptying the wheelbarrows or topping up the hay feeder while it's not raining. I've also discovered that it is the time of year to take small steps. This is a very practical suggestion because with wet and slippery mud on slopes, large steps can turn into slides which result in you being less than elegant and usually ending up covered in mud. Thank goodness for waterproofs. In the last episode... I suggested we might create a roadmap of where we start with alpacas and where we want to get to. This time I wanted to explore a little more of the milestones and the landmarks along the way. If the starting place is happy and healthy alpacas bought from owners who know what they're doing and have established a good breeding herd, the end point is also happy and healthy alpacas, but also confident and fulfilled owners. That's you. We will have our goals, such as career born on our farms, winning, or at least participating, in alpaca shows. It could be harvesting fleece from our animals in the spring, ready to create yarn, or uh, washed, carded, and ready for anything, fibre. The milestones will be those first tentative steps. Turning possibility and someone else's exciting ideas into something that you are doing yourself. This all takes planning, of course. It's necessary to do the preparations and gather the equipment you will use. This doesn't have to be complicated or elaborate, depending on the scale of production you're going into. There are plenty of things to learn and many generous alpaca owners to learn from. You don't want to keep collecting more and more opinions and suggestions, but you do want to make sure that you go wide enough to get a breadth of view. At the end of the day, it's down to you to make decisions, and you will make better choices if you have sought wisdom from various sources. There's a lot to be said for just getting on and having a go, and provided you're not putting yourself or your animals at risk, many of us have learned just that way. Sometimes it's the only option available to us. Think about the gaps in your road map. 
where are the twists and the bends that you can't see round, where you could do with a bit more information about the lie of the land. They're the bits to concentrate on. I have learnt to my cost that being clear in advance about how I move the animals will repay the time spent compared to animals not being in the right place or being able to backtrack and avoid my intended outcome. It's as simple as working out which gates need to be open and which gates must be closed. Strangely, this seems to involve learning the hard way (laughs) on more than one occasion before it becomes second nature to check, before going into action. It often feels like the alpacas are not cooperating. But to be fair, it's almost always due to my not thinking clearly enough and not making the appropriate preparations. Have you ever thought about doing a dry run without the alpacas? Now that I think about it, no, I haven't either. However, it does sound like a good idea, don't you think? Gentle herding pressure. Moving them in the right direction. Facing away from you means you can follow up behind them a bit quicker. If they are facing you, they may try to dart past you. So make it easier to go the other way. The way you want them to think they thought of first. If you're breeding, then matings and birthings are the big milestones on this part of your journey. I've talked a bit about this before. Check out some of the earlier episodes. The details will be in the episode notes. Your choices around matching males and females, avoiding bloodline clashes where they're too closely related, and adding the appropriate characteristics, whether it's fineness or density of the fleece, or body conformation. It's an animal that's strong enough and built for the job. It's more of an art than a science, but both are involved. The resulting colour, <laughs> it may lead in the direction you expect, but regularly surprises and delights you. The mating game, the spit-offs and subsequent scans are landmarks that keep you on track. Keep records and look at them next time to make sure you're making the best set of decisions. You can repeat things or try something new. Which one would you do? The records are going to help. Shows. Now, shows are best visited without animals the first few times around. Watch what others do and have to cope with before it's you in the ring with the world staring at you. It's not the whole world staring at you, but it can feel like it. Again, take advice, ask questions, and find support. Alpaca owners like talking alpacas, and will hopefully remember well when they were getting started. And if you're more experienced, do look out for those newbies and be kind to them. I find birthing a profound experience, that new life, emerging behaviours from new mothers, herd welcomes, and the quick growth of the career in the first weeks and months. I also feel... I also feel a level of stress and anxiety to make sure I do the right thing and to be aware of everything, real and imagined. Over time, you notice the patterns and spot things that are out, out of the norm. 
the magic and the maternal instincts I didn't know I had until I became an alpaca shepherd. They teach you profound lessons of value and appreciation and being prepared. Oh, and keeping good records. Did I mention that already? I know I did. Shearing. Shearing is a way marker for progression through the year. A great time to check the animals over and see things in more detail while they are restrained. Don't keep them waiting too long for their release from the alpaca hair salon, but do make sure you do everything you need to when it's easier for everyone. Make notes of who you need to keep an eye on, both now and later in the year. What are your landmark points you notice as you navigate through the alpaca year? Could be weather. Could be the change in light. Grazing. Those new additions. And the occasional losses from the herd. It's all part of the big picture. And it's part of the roadmap of this amazing journey you are on. Hermione says hi in her inscrutable way. Here she's been standing back and just staring and watching. Oh, she's got such a look. Little Tabitha, she still bounces up and wants to sniff your nose. She's also getting under my feet a bit too when I'm putting the food out. And I almost, almost kind of trip over her. Oh. Nona, Millie and Hermione are being watched by me for when they need a coat. All are okay at the moment. No one stands out as being high on the watch list. But there's always tomorrow. So I hope you have a good week. And if you can enjoy some sunshine between the showers, and if you can go spend some time with an alpaca, I hope you enjoy it. Ask them how they're doing and what landmarks they have been noticing. Take care. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.